We begin our deep dive into the Buccaneers 2022 draft class where the Bucs addressed a lot of needs, got some potential steals, and had a few surprises. And we announced the winner of our jersey giveaway. Let's go. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to the Locked On Bucks Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we thank you for making us your first listen or view of the day. I am James Yarko, joined by my esteemed co-host, Mr. David Harrison. You can check out everything I'm doing over at BucksNation.com. Check out everything David is doing over at BucksGameDay.com, which was like 8,000 articles over the weekend. And, uh, of course, you could follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Yeah, we thank you again for making the Locked On Bucks podcast first listen or your first view every single day. Today's episode brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Truthfully, James, most of my work uh, was actually done with the Washington Commanders coverage that I do. Uh, because I was in, uh, there embedded with the team at the team facility over the weekend. But uh, great coverage from you and Evan specifically uh, for Locked On Bucks. And, of course, a big shout-out to Colin Halboom over at Bucks Game Day, who absolutely crushed the coverage. I mean, all the guys did. Logan Robinson uh, was there at one buck uh, with the team as well and got to know Greg Allman from the text messages pretty well that uh, we got. So great time was had by all, and the Buccaneers have some new players. On this episode, we're going to begin our recap and our deep dive into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 2022 NFL draft class. For those of you who don't remember it or didn't watch it because you have better things to do than sit and watch people get picked in the NFL draft. In round two, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers selected defensive end Logan Hall and guard Luke Gadecki, which I was really happy that somebody asked him to pronounce his name for the record. Um, round three, they went with uh, Myers on the state Sun Devil running back Rashad White, the best pick of the entire class. We'll get there. Round four, tight end Cade Otten and punter Jake Camar- Camarda. Camarda, I didn't get, I didn't catch that pronunciation very well. Round five, cornerback Zion McCollum, another one of my favorites. Round six, tight end Keeft. and round seven, edge Andre Anthony. But it all got started, James, with a trade. This is the story of a man who traded from number twenty-seven and never got to pick in the first round again. So let's start there. Again, until pick 32 in the 2023 draft. Uh, yeah, so the Buccaneers, they they came on the clock and they move out of their spot, right? The Jacksonville Jaguars wanted to come up and get somebody. Uh, that somebody, of course, ended up being, it was Devin Lloyd, uh, the linebacker there, out of Georgia. So in return, the Bucs only slid back to the first pick in the second round and also got picks number 106 and 180 which david you did the math of the ever famous jimmy johnson draft pick uh value chart and it turned out to be a dead even trade a lot of people were saying that jason light got away with fleecing the jacksonville jaguars for only sliding Mm -hmm. back those six spots and picking up two more picks one of them was to start round four. The other one was a pick at, uh, let's see, where did 180 fall? I think that fell in the, was that the sixth round? I believe that was sixth uh, round, yes. 
Yeah, I'm trying to do math in my head right now, and I'm still exhausted. It's difficult. So, yeah, they they didn't like the way the board fell to them, even though Devontae Wyatt was sitting right there. Slide back, pick up a couple of extra picks, and Jason Light went to work. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a great it's a great trade. You know, again, if if you don't have the first round valuation on those players or high enough valuation uh, to feel comfortable pulling the trigger, number twenty seven, then it, it's a really good trade. You start off the day, you start off day two, so you literally have all night. Uh, to really kind of him and haw over who you want to pick or receive other draft call or draft trade calls from other GMs to potentially trade back again. And you can feel really good starting off Friday night with uh, that number one pick. And then you get into, again, and we've been talking about this, right? All off season is a very talent heavy or a talent rich middle part of this NFL draft, like rounds three to six, just had a lot of talent in there. There's going to be a lot of players uh, in those rounds that contribute for teams in the 2022 NFL season. And so the Buccaneers were able to kind of get back into that dance a little bit more and potentially get some difference makers, um, including someone who hopefully we won't see very often. But when we do, we'll hopefully flip the field in favor of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, you know, look, I, I was kind of one of them when this trade came through. I was like, wow, man, like the Jags really gave up a lot to go get Devin Lloyd all power, more power to him. But I think they signed like two free agent linebackers. I can't remember if it was you or somebody else. We were talking about like they signed two free agent linebackers and then they go ahead and draft another one at 30. Or at 27, like they're hey, they're going all out trying to find their off ball linebacker of the future. More power to them for doing it. Um, I like what the Buccaneers, I think both teams honestly can come away with this and say they like what they got out of this draft. So I don't know if anybody really fleeced anyone per se, but I think a good, a good decision overall to do it. And look, for anybody surprised me, Jason Light already had kind of laid the groundwork, right? He said, We may not have 30, you know, first round grades on all these players, we may not have 25 first round grades on these players. Uh, and apparently if they had first round grades on any of the players that a lot of us love, Devontae Wyatt, Lewis Seen, uh, they weren't high enough first round grades. They they were uh to to warrant making that pick. Um, and that's that's kind of the gamble that people make. Um, a lot of people, James, wondering if Lewis Seen wasn't actually the target at number uh 33, but he gets taken at pick number 32. So if that was the if that was a plan, the Bucks kind of missed out on that gamble, but they end up with a pretty good player. Uh, some other people probably missed out on some gambles this weekend too, James. And hopefully if they hit on their gambles, they did it with our friends over at betonline.net who should be your number one source for all your sports betting stats and sports information with all the latest sports developments, league reviews and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and start of the major league baseball season. That online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action going on at BetOnline where the game starts. Segment two here, the Locked On Bucks podcast. Make uh, Thank you for making us your first listen or your first view every single day. I just dropped the thing that I was playing with in my hands. So sorry about that. Um, David Harrison, James Jarko back after the long NFL draft weekend on Twitter at DHarrison82 at JRCO underscore Bucks, a show at Locked On Bucks. James, our, we, we dropped our thoughts on the trade. Again, I think both of us, uh, pretty happy with what the Buccaneers were able to do. If they Absolutely. weren't going to take one of the players we targeted, you know, we think they got good value in the trade. Coming into day two, I wrote it up for Bucks game day. Players that the Buccaneers could uh, go ahead and select. I even did a mock draft, and I went D-line in my day two mock draft for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I absolutely nailed that when I went with Travis Jones, who was not the pick, but they did go D-line uh, with Logan Hall. Yeah, well, and I had done a, a players to watch out for uh, on day two, starting off the night, and you know, I had I had put Logan Hall in in that 
conversation and I, I was trying to find it real quick, but uh, Mike Keywalk did a full second round mock draft over at BucksNation.com. And he did, in fact, put Logan Hall with the Tampa Bay go. Buccaneers. So he he absolutely nailed it. Mike crushed it for Bucks Nation this weekend. Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, Logan Hall is an, an absolute beast. And I realized some people had him listed as kind of an edge rusher or a defensive end. Some places had listed him as a defensive tackle. It all kind of depended on the system. He's not going to be a stand-up guy, but he's a freak athlete, ridiculously strong, and can get offensive linemen off their spot pretty easily. And one of the things I kept referring to Dane Brugler's beast draft guide over the course of draft weekend because he did extensive, extensive write-ups on about 300 of these guys. And one of the things that he harped on is how strong Logan Hall is and how he comes with leverage when he comes out of his snap and he comes up with all of his power to dislodge the offensive lineman right in front of him to get them off their spot immediately and then use his athleticism to get around him and be able to collapse the pocket or get after the quarterback. So I absolutely understand why the Buccaneers made this move. And Dominican Sue or no Dominican Sue, you know, Logan Hall is a guy who is going to be a force next to Vita Vea for a very long time. Yeah, and I think it's important to remember. I mean, that question was brought up, obviously, when you have a, a draft pick like this, right? Um, uh, again, not not to overly plug our written work, but I wrote up kind of the thing about the questions that the Buccaneers could answer on night one. And granted, they traded back, but honestly, trade back scenario was one of the questions they could answer. But you come into day two, and some of those questions still exist because they didn't get answered on night one, right? So one of those was the future of Indominus Sue. And if you take a defensive lineman, what does that mean for Sue? Well, they took a D lineman. So the team's already gone on record. This doesn't mean anything necessarily about Indominus Sue's future. And I think what's really important, we were kind of talking about this pre-recording. Logan Hall is much more of a, of a player comp to Will Golston. Granted, more athletic, probably more explosive Will Golston than he is an Indominus and Sue, you know, cut whereas a Devontae Wyatt is more of an Indominus and Sue type of player versus a Will Golston. So if Indomitian, or if Devontae Wyatt was the pick, I would be less confident that the team feels like Indominus Sue is coming back. But because they went with more of a Will Golston type, Will Golston has been a very underrated part of this defense, but he's also getting a little bit long in the tooth and, and all those things. So they're going to need to probably uh, replace him to a, at, at a later point too. From an athletic standpoint uh, and going back to, you know, uh, evaluations, Lance Zerline of NFL.com, Noted that Logan Hall lined up as an interior D tackle with uh, with with Houston, but fits better for projects better from an NFL standpoint as a three four defensive end, which is perfect because that's exactly what the Buccaneers run and exactly what the Buccaneers are going to continue to do under head coach Todd Bowles now promoted from defense coordinator. And James, I think that's exactly where he fits in on this Buccaneers defense is lining up outside of Vita Vea. Obviously, uh, you mentioned more of a three tech type of, of, of body and composure uh, coming from Logan Hall. I think in year one, if you can get Indomitian Sue back, you see him as a rotational guy. You see him as an additional rusher uh, that can come in. Maybe Indomitian Sue comes off the field on some of these third downs, and you end up with Will Golston and Logan uh, on, a, on either end of Vita Vea. Or maybe they put all four. I mean, it, it really gives you just maximum flexibility for the defense, and I think that's going to create problems for these other NFC South teams to try uh, to defend as they try to you know under under uh, undercut the Buccaneers' division title hopes. Yeah, and... I think the ideal situation, right, is exactly what you just said. You still bring Indomitian Sue back, you know, probably on a one-year deal because that's what Sue has done in his tenure with the Buccaneers. It's been one-year deal, one-year deal, one-year deal. And he's he's kind of playing that, you know, 
for his own sake, right? He just wants to go year to year and, and make his decision. And, you know, if you can bring him back and give, give Logan Hall some time to develop, some time to, they can play around with him a little bit, right? They can line him up, you know, along with Vea and Sue. They can line him up with Vea and Golston. It, it gives them that flexibility. They can put all four of them out there once, and they can kind of see where he fits best and what they're going to do with him for the long term without having to rely on him You know, to be a plug-and-play starter. He can be a plug-and-play impact guy, but he doesn't necessarily have to carry the weight of being a full-time starter right out of the gate, same way they did with Joe Tryon Shoyinka. So ultimately, it really does make a lot of sense in terms of what they can do with Logan Hall, what Logan Hall can do in the defense, and being able to kind of have another weapon to move around and, and cause problems for an opposing offense. We've seen them get these problem guys now. Granted, they've been back in the secondary with with Logan Hall and Keanu Neal, guys that they can kind of shuffle around and move all over the place. It just adds another layer of deception to an already very intricate Todd Bowles defense that is going to give the Bucks defense an advantage on any given play. Yeah, and look, and, and as we dive into this thing, I mean, it's always great when when you and the team that you cover kind of see eye to eye. And again, I went with Travis Jones on the D-line, but really, even in my write-up, I was like, honestly, this could go to either defensive lineman because both of them can kind of fit what the Buccaneers want to do. Um, we had defensive linemen ranked very highly in our team needs. Obviously, the Buccaneers did too, but let's look at some of these other players. I mean, Logan Hall is a developmental guy, right? He's not a plug-and-play, day-one star. You can just put out there for 100% of the defensive snaps every day. So there are some question marks about him, and, and and the Buccaneers are going to have to tap into some of that potential. But there are other guys available. I mean, Christian Watson, one of my favorite guys in this class, North Dakota State wide receiver, goes pick 34 to the Green Bay Packers, which I hate seeing a guy that I like so much go to a team that I dislike so much more. But probably a good spot for Christian Watson to land. I mean, the Buccaneers didn't go wide receiver at all. So one of our top, top position needs for the Buccaneers, obviously they like Russell Gage and are more comfortable with Chris Godwin's recovery than we are and especially much more than Booger McFarland is December. Yikes. Uh, Roger McCreary, a cornerback uh, who had been tied to the Buccaneers a little bit on day two, was also still available. He ends up going Jalen Petrie, another one of my favorite names in this year's draft, a safety slash cornerback hybrid, someone that we talked about. Arnold Ebiketti, uh, the edge rusher out of Penn State. A lot of people, uh, not Buccaneers people really, but a lot of other people, national guys, had edge as a potential target. Boye Mafe uh, was another one. And then Andrew Booth, the cornerback out of Clemson, probably the best pure corner outside of Kyrie Elam that we've discussed for this team. All those guys still available, and some of those guys you can look at them kind of, they almost look like plug. Like Andrew Booth, he may come to this roster, James, and immediately compete to start opposite of Carlton Davis. So what do you think selecting Logan Hall, who, yes, Sue might still come back. Yes, Hall has some deficiencies he needs to clean up. What does that say about why the Buccaneers brought this guy onto the roster right now? I think it was it was all about what they wanted as far as addressing the trenches. You know, we we've talked numerous times over the course of the last six weeks about how the Buccaneers want to address the trenches on both sides of the football, and that they liked what Logan. It, it, something else that we've talked about numerous times is it's not about the individual; it's about the collective, right? So that told me that. Yeah, they might have liked Lewisine. They might have liked Andrew Booth. They might have liked Roger McCreary, but they didn't like Perrion Winfrey later in the draft to pair with one of those secondary players. What they liked was Logan Hall and then the talent that they can find on 
you know, later in day two or into day three to help bolster the secondary or the linebackers or tight end or whatever, whatever the case may be. So Logan Hall being being the guy that they wanted to target there, that they were happy with getting to start round two, just tells me they they like his potential and his fit in Todd Bowles' defense more so than they would have liked a guy like an Andrew Booth. Yeah, and I think that's uh, that's very – and I, honestly, you took the words right out of my mouth. Building from the trenches back, we've seen this Buccaneers team fall victim to a coaching staff that wanted to build a defense from the back forward not trying to hate on lovey move on got it but it is what it is and honestly we kind of see him doing the same thing in houston and i think when we talk about these pairings right before the draft we one of our final episodes we did our perfect pairings uh for the tampa bay buccaneers and obviously logan hall wasn't part of that because of the trade back and everything but you look at what you just said right the buccaneers take defensive lineman logan hall there's about three or four or five defensive linemen that come off the board i mean josh pascal comes off the board fedarian math uh mathis goes to the washington commanders he comes off the board, but then you go to the offensive line, right? So we talk about these perfect pairs. We're not going to dive into Gadecki too much on this, but we would talk about those pairings. One interior offensive lineman, James, one interior offensive lineman comes off the board between the Buccaneers pick at 33 and when they take Gadecki, and it was a true center. Cam Jurgens out of Nebraska goes to the Eagles, a true center. You don't need a true center. You got Ryan Jensen, and you have a solid backup at Robert Haynes that you're developing behind him. You don't need Cam Jurgens. So guess what? If the Buccaneers are prioritizing offensive line, interior offensive line with their next pick, literally none of their targets came off the board between pick 33 and pick 57. That is how you execute back-to-back picks as far as I'm concerned from a war room standpoint, even if we don't necessarily agree with the position value pick necessarily. When you look at what the Buccaneers are doing, try to tie, tie together why they were doing it, taking that D lineman early, waiting on the offensive lineman second. If they take the offensive lineman early, I mean, you take Gadecki at 33, you're, you're, you're reaching by 20-something picks, and Logan Hall is long gone by the time you get back uh, on the clocks. And then you're looking at, I don't know, the next D-lineman off the board didn't even come off till the third round. Maybe it was Travis Jones because, you know, obviously uh, I had him way overvalued than the NFL did. Uh, I, I was the same way with Perrion Winfrey. We saw him go way late as well. But, David, coming up in just a moment, we're going to talk about what we would have done. We're going to announce the winner of our contest. But first, of course, you all know that summer is coming and with summer you're going to need some food on the go built bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations you throw them in your bag throw them in the kids backpack throw them in the cooler you just make sure that everyone has a bar and then that way your summer adventures are fueled the best part about built bars is they're not only healthy but they are delicious no more sacrificing taste for health. With Built Bars, you can have both, and it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. All Built Bars and Puffs are covered in 100% real chocolate. That means that with Built Bar, you can eat healthy and actually enjoy doing it. So if you haven't tried the Built Puffs yet, you absolutely should, first and foremost. But you can get some incredible flavors like banana cream pie, and cinnamon churro, they're only 140 calories. If that's not enough flavor for you, you can go with a mixed box and you can get a variety of the 12 different flavors between the OGs and the puffs. Most, most of the built bars contain 130 calories, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Go to build.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. You're going to get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built. 
Hoops.com. Wrapping things up here on a Monday edition of the Locked On Bucks podcast. James Yarko, David Harrison on Twitter at JRCO underscore Bucks at DHarrison82. The show at Locked On Bucks. David, we've talked about some of the options that the Buccaneers had after the trade out of 27 to 33. They had their pick of basically all but 32 players, right? And even Josina Anderson had reported that the Bucs had turned down offers for that spot. Maybe it was somebody trying to come up and get a quarterback. Maybe it was somebody moving up to try to jump the Packers and try to get a, a wide receiver, whatever it was. Um, the Bucs liked where they were. They liked Logan Hall. They wanted to take him. But heading into that night, you know, I was talking about what my preference would be. Uh, and honestly, Twitter was so insane. Full disclosure, I didn't see if you had tweeted out what you thought the Buccaneers should have done at pick number 33. So let's go ahead and get into it. David, what would you have done with that 33rd pick? Uh, I would have definitely pursued a trade back. I don't know, you know, like you mentioned, I mean, you're the one who showed me the Josie Anderson tweet saying that the Buccaneers had received at least one trade offer. Uh, I have to believe they received way more than than one trade offer, but maybe they were actually going down the rabbit hole with one team to potentially work out a deal and it just fell apart. Um, I, I don't know what that deal is, you know what I mean, or what the offer was, so I can't necessarily say I would have taken that offer per se, but I think if I'm the Buccaneers, I would have uh, went ahead and entertained a trade down, but not too far down. Like, you know, go from 33 to maybe 40, uh, and, and the way these things play out, let's say the team that you're trading with trades up to go after Logan Hall, you're still looking at Andrew Booth was still probably going to be available. John Mechie the third. I know they didn't go wide receiver, but John Mechie the third may be a talented enough guy to convince him. Josh Pascal, a defensive end out of Kentucky. He's a guy that could come in and help this defensive line as well from a rotational position. Uh, look, Fedaria Mathis. I mean, Fedaria Mathis is probably going to be an interior defensive lineman for the Washington Commanders. Could play that Indomitian Sioux role in a Buccaneers defense. So if you, tra- if you trade down like 40, 45, you gain yourself another mid-level or a mid-round pick. Maybe you gain yourself a mid-round pick next year and kind of start to stockpile that a little bit. You still come away with a rotational defensive line piece if that's really what you're after, but you get a little bit more draft capital. Probably don't get Logan Hall, and, and I don't want to, you know, I'm not like trying to shade the Logan Hall selection. I do like the selection, but I think me personally, I probably trade back, get more draft capital, still get myself a defensive line prospect that is going to be able to contribute today and then develop into a starter. Yeah, I I agree or not. I understand completely. I don't agree. I wouldn't have wanted to trade back uh, unless it was for maybe like two or three spots. I wouldn't have wanted to drop out of the out of the upper 30s. But, you know, I was I was very vocal on Twitter that I thought the best route for the Buccaneers to go would have been to either take Andrew Booth Jr., at number 33, or you had Nicobe Dean fall in your lap. Like that was the story of the weekend was yeah. You know, outside of, of the quarterbacks, it was the fall of Nicobe Dean and people kept citing, you know, he has these health concerns and, and all this. Well, Ojabo got drafted with a ruptured Achilles well yeah. before Nicobe Dean ever went off the board. Ojabo like, let the medical professionals cut him open and repair his, his Achilles is the difference. Yeah, well, and it was just like at this stage, how can you pass on a top 15, maybe top 20 talent falling in your lap at at 33 but you know they decided to go in a different direction but i wanted to pair you know same way we had talked about on our on our mock draft episode and and leading up to the draft was you know 
pair the secondary player with a Perry on Winfrey, you know, mm -hmm. in the second round. Well, Perry on Winfrey didn't go until number 108 to yeah. the Cleveland Browns. He might have had the most electric media conversation of all time. Yeah. But obviously, I I was way higher and you were way higher on Perry on Winfrey than than NFL teams were. But that was my thought process. And and obviously the Buccaneers felt the exact opposite, right? They addressed the trenches. They wanted to to get the offensive and defensive line positions addressed first with some great talent. Then they shifted their focus to to the secondary and to uh, you know to some more offensive weapons. Mm -hmm. But that's personally what I would have done. I have no qualms about Logan Hall being the pick at thirty three. It makes as I said in the last segment, it makes a ton of sense. Uh, you know, he's an athletic freak. He's, you know, freakishly strong, all those things. So I absolutely understand it. I viewed it a different way, but that's why I'm on here talking about it and yes. not in the draft room, sitting in the middle of the room like I own the place. <sighs> Apparently, Mike Florio with nothing better to do than to continue to whine and complain about the Buccaneers. It's comical at this point. Yeah. I mean, you know, why, why, the nerve of a senior member executive of the Buccaneers staff, whose literal main focus is the NFL draft and helping the organization make their picks. Why would he be sitting next to the head coach and the GM? That makes, makes all the sense in the world. Anyway. Um, yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, the point is like, neither of us, we don't hate the pick by any means. We don't, we don't, we don't doubt the pick at all. It's just, it's different strokes for different folks. It's basically what it boils down to. Uh, but the Buccaneers are going to do what they value in the organization, and we think that they did a good job. But how good of a job did they do, James? Our grade for Logan Hall. We're going to grade each and every pick, and then we'll come back at the end, and we'll figure out our pick, our grade for the entire draft class. My grade for Logan Hall, despite everything that I just said, I'm going B+. Plus because, And here's why I give it the plus, not just the B, because obviously it's a position in need. We, we talked about defensive line. You need people. Even if you bring Golson back, even if you bring Sue back, you're, you're very shallow in depth. You need some help there. You go and do that. You get a guy that a lot of people had started to talk about back end of day one uh, potential you know, status. So the fact that you trade back and you get him at the top of day two is obviously uh, an upgrade. And then you go to the next level of this whole thing at the NFL scouting combine. Jason Light said they wanted to figure out a way to get better pass rush pe uh, penetration from their defensive front. I think Logan Hall helps them do that in 2022. As a rookie, he helps them achieve that goal. And then you just get down two, three, five years down the road. And you got you have a guy who can potentially become a starter for your defense in uh, for the next you know eight eight to ten years, and this is where the plus comes in, James. I told you I don't remember if it was off the air or on the air to be honest with you, but I remember telling you I did not want the Buccaneers draft an off ball linebacker because it basically officially solidified the end of of Levante David, like his time was coming, and I know it's going to come eventually anyway. I just I want to delay it as long as I possibly can. So I'm super happy they pass on the Kobe Dean and no off-ball linebackers drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Levante David forever. Let's do this. Uh, real quick, I should have gotten clarification before we started recording. Uh, in, are we grading just the pick or because of the trade? Do we include that? in? However, this listen, I just gave them a plus because they didn't trade draft a linebacker or replace Levante David. However you want to evaluate and grade this assignment, Mr. Yarko, go ahead and do it. All right, then I will give them an A minus because I will include the trade in this and that trade continue to give the Buccaneers more flexibility throughout the rest of the weekend. My, We went through and we listed our top three positional needs to address in this draft. My number one 
was the defensive line with or without Indomitian Sue. So they get a, a really solid football player at my number one position of need, and they got extra picks in the process. That's an A minus for me, man. It was it was a uh, it was spot on for uh, I mean for the Buccaneers. Look, I give B plus. You give them an A minus. It's not too far off. I definitely uh, so a successful first overall pick for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but not just successful for the Buccaneers, James. It was also successful for a listener or viewer of the Locked On Bucks podcast. Yeah, we do have our contest winner and a shockingly few amount of people actually predicted Logan Hall. I would say far and away the most popular name that we got was Devontae Wyatt, yeah. followed closely by Lewis Seen. We had a lot of people. And Kyrie Elam. We had a lot of Kyrie Elams, too. We did have a lot of Kyrie Elams. I think the Lewis Seen thing was probably my fault because I really started to jump on that train uh, for the last couple of days. You weren't alone. Um, but yeah, only a couple of people submitted the name of Logan Hall and our winner is Sean Lovegrove at Sean Lovegrove one on Twitter. So Sean, congratulations. Go ahead and send us a DM with your address and the Jersey size. We just checked right before recording. The Buccaneers have not officially put that Jersey up on the shop quite yet. As soon as it is up there, we will get that ordered and sent to you. And uh, real quick, uh, David, before we get out of here, I want to give a special shout out to a friend of ours. Uh, oh, real quick, before I get to that, Sean also going to need the color choice. Are we doing Are we doing white, red, or, uh, or pewter for that jersey? Uh, but David, a good friend of ours, uh, somebody that we have worked with, uh, for about six years now, Bailey Adams, friend of the show. He's been on the podcast. Want to give him a special shout out on this episode. Bailey left Bucks Nation. His last day was the final day of the draft, and he is now working over at pewterreport.com. So Scott Reynolds yeah. reached out to Bailey, recognized all of the talent and the hard work that we have seen from Bailey over the last six years, whether it was at the pewter plank or at Bucks Nation, I could not be more excited and more proud of my friend Bailey for this opportunity. Absolutely. I mean, Bailey is the guy like that. He's such a grinder. I mean, a lot of people, he doesn't, he doesn't come out with the, the overly voice. He's not, he's never gonna get mad about Bruce Arians sitting in the middle of the war room. Like, you know what I mean? But he's just, he's a, he's a cool, calm professional, very intelligent about the game of football, very confident in what he sees. And very, uh, very, very well versed in in writing and podcast. I mean, he's a podcaster as well. Uh, knows how to get the information out there. Communication skills on par. I mean, look, uh, Scott Reynolds. You know, has had some really impressive hires over the years. Uh, obviously, you know, he and Mark Cook may rest in peace. Put together a very great product. Then Grizz, Matt Matera coming in there. Um, Trevor Sikama. I mean, Trevor, his 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 star only continue. Like, people talk about fifteen minutes of fame. Trevor Sikama is going to have fifteen decades of fame. Um, but this is just one, you know, another hire and a string of great hires uh, by PeterReport.com. Scott Reynolds there. So congratulations to to Bailey. Very, very well deserved. And congratulations, to Scott Reynolds, for for getting one of the best. Yeah, absolutely. And he's not just a great worker. He is a great person. And uh, and he worked hard and earned this success. And and I can say very few people deserve it as much as Bailey does because he uh, really is one of the good ones. So we're going to have to make flex sure. on James that I uh, got to have a drink in person with Bailey Adams before James did. So I still, that is that true, but I'll turn around and flex that Bailey had dinner with me and my wife, not just me. I mean, we technically had dinner. 
together. Kind just, of. I'm sad. He got he got to meet my better half. Listen, I'm hey, a better Bailey Adams supporter than you are. All I know is that come training camp, the three of us will get to uh, go have a drink together yes. for the very first time. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you again for making Locked On Bucks podcast your first listen or view of the day. Now make Locked On NFL your second listen. The schedule may be dark, but the NFL never stops, and neither does Locked On NFL. Get insights and opinions from hosts including Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, and Tony Wiggins, plus local Locked On NFL hosts repping all 32 squads. There is no offseason for real fans, so make sure you're, you're subscribed to Locked On NFL on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. We will be back tomorrow to continue our breakdown of the Buccaneers 2022 NFL draft class. Until then, if you have questions, topics, opinions that you want to share with us, you can shoot us an email over at LockedOnBucksPodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail and be part of the show at 813-444-5841. For David Harrison, I am James Yarko. Until we speak again, check out everything going on over at BucksNation.com and BucksGameDay.com and follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DHarrison82. Hope you all have an absolutely outstanding day. Stay safe, stay healthy, wash your hands, be good to one another, fire those cans. Thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.